We're so blessed to have so many wonderful trained leaders that, you know, we live in such a, a, a day, an hour, that um, I just know that God's going to continue to use these times to minister to all of us. Isn't God good? And he's reigniting our hope today. And that was um, the, uh, the, the youth reignited, <laughs> came back on fire for God, and then, then they're back there in coming back together with our, our youth, and, and they have another experience underneath their belt. And last year, uh, we didn't have camp last year because of COVID, but the year before then, we had um, about 550 to 600 kids, and this year we had somewhere around 350 to 400 when I was there, and I'm not sure if that counted all the uh, workers, but that's a great place to be able to go as a teenager to see other, other young men and women, just see them unashamedly praise God and learn the Word and, and learn about the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the power that comes along with a walk with the Holy Spirit. Man, thank God for that. Thank God for that. But let's go ahead and briefly give you a, a quick message on peace, finding peace in anxious times. We're going to focus on that over the next few weeks. And we are in a world that is peaceless. And because the world is peaceless, we know the enemy is trying to do a work in this time to steal, kill, and destroy. He's after your peace. And when you see a very unpeaceful, unrestful, strife, um, turmoil, that is not God anytime. God has no confusion to give you. God has no turmoil to give you. God has no division to give you. So whatever you see that, God is not in that. Now, wherever you see peace, wherever you see the love of God, Wherever you see right standing with God and who we are in Christ, God's all in that, and the devil's far from that. Why? The devil does not give you peace. The devil can only give you confusion. Death. We don't have to be afraid of him because he was defeated, right? In Jesus' name. Say with me, in Jesus' name, I am free. Devil, shut up in Jesus' name. Say, don't talk about the devil. Well, we have to because he's your enemy. He's our enemy. He's been defeated, but we need to keep him in his place. Where God has spoiled principalities and powers and made us show them openly. Thank God Jesus was raised in the spirit to the right hand of God. And today, if we had, uh, if we had two chairs right here, say that's the throne of grace where God the Father is, and Jesus is now seated at the right hand. But when we were baptized and we received Jesus, who does the Holy Spirit baptize us in? Into Christ. And the Word says, we've also been seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principality and all might and all dominion and every name that is named. So we're in Christ. And if we operate in Christ, the devil doesn't stand a chance. Because when we speak the Word of God from our heart, it's activating the Word of God, and God watches over His Word to perform it. Finding peace in anxious times. A young boy was driving a hay 
uh, rack down the road. And when the wagon fell over in front of the farmer's house, he was concerned. But the farmer came out and saw the young boy crying and said, son, don't worry. Son, don't worry about this. Uh, we can fix it right now. Let's just go have some lunch. <laughs> let's go have some lunch, some dinner or whatever. Again, how many remember when biscuits and gravy and sopping butter used to be good for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all you who are getting those sweet treats out there, we bless them as much as we can in the name of Jesus. But the son was worrying him, and this gentleman said, right now, let's just go have some dinner. And why, why don't you come in and eat with us, then I'll help you put that hay back on the rack. And the boy said, no, I can't do it. My father's going to be very angry, upset. The farmer said, now, don't worry, son. Just come in and have some lunch. You'll feel much better. So the boy eventually did go and, and uh, have lunch, even though he was afraid of his father um, being very angry with him. But the farmer and the young boy went inside and had dinner afterwards as they walked outside to the hay rack. The farmer said, now, son, don't you feel better after that great meal? And the boy said, yes, but I'm, I just know that my father is so angry, very angry with me. And the farmer finally said, that's nonsense. Where's your father anyway? Well, he's under the wagon. Come on, you can laugh. It's la that's a laugh. That's a laugh time. Yeah, that, that's a laugh. It was too quiet. But uh, did I bomb out on that one? All right. You know, my, my problem is I have dry humor, and some people are like, should I laugh? Should I laugh or not laugh? <laughs> Norman Vincent Peale talks about the word worry. We're having peace, right? Peace in anxious times. The word worry is derived from the old Anglo-Saxon word meaning strangle. When worry comes on you, it just seems like things begin to choke you, strangle you. How well, how well named the emotion is. And, and it's been demonstrated again and again in people who lost their effectiveness due to the numbing effect and anxiety and apprehension of worry. I just speak that all in our life. I thank God for removing every burden of anxiety, fear, torment, in Jesus' name. You know, we are um, what I believe is about, about as balanced of a church as you can be. I, we always give place to the Holy Spirit, but then we, we give place to His Word. And I want to say this, those of you who are prayed over today, don't let anybody shame you if you need to go see a counselor. We think higher of you when you do that. Do everything you can to believe God, but then wherever you go, you pray God over that situation. If you prayed over for healing today, you go to the doctors and, and just believe God that they properly prescribe it and, and give you the right uh, medicine. But you still, you bless that medicine. You still look to a great physician, and God unfolds a path of healing. So if you're new to this ministry, we want to let you know that uh, we very much honor and esteem our nurses and our doctors and uh, all these types of PAs and those who minister to us naturally. But finding peace in anxious times, we don't want to be overwhelmed with worry all the time. And, and matter of fact, the Word of God tells us we shouldn't. But with God's help, 
that power is broken. When you receive Jesus, though, everything in you becomes new. How many things? Everything. The Word says that we become a new spirit. What does that mean? Well, we were made in the likeness and image of God. God is a what? Spirit. And those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And Genesis chapter 1 says that we were made in the likeness and image of God. If God is a spirit, so am I. I'm not just this body. My spirit looks out these two eyes called windows. You've never seen me before. You've only seen my body. We are a spirit. Say with me, I am a spirit because I was made in the likeness of God. I have a soul, which is mind, will, and emotion, and I have this earth suit called my body. I better take care of it, or I'll check out. Now, just to ease up this environment, please tell that person next to you, your house is looking good this morning. So, when you become a new creation, when you receive Jesus, you receive a new nature, God's nature. You're a new person. You're born again. And this is very exciting because we, we have babies in the nursery this morning that are very young, and if you go get one of those babies that was born recently, you wouldn't hold that baby up and say, I can't believe you did that. Think about the thing that tries to dog you the most. When you become a whole new creation in Christ Jesus, your sins are remitted, wiped out as though they never existed because you're not the same person you used to be before. Somebody needs to thank God for our forgiveness, for our remission. Come on now. I know some of your background. You better start praising God right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some of us grow in Christ and we forget about our past. We ought to be sharing the victory part of our past with someone else who's bound like we used to be. But we found out who we are in Christ. Our sins are remitted. We're forgiven. And as a Christian, if you miss it uh, moving forward in the future, you just stop right there. Say, God, I'm sorry. I just missed that. I ask you to forgive me. If it's with a person, he'll normally ask you to go to that person and apologize and sometimes if you're a Christian, he'll ask you to go apologize even when you were right. Man, this sermon was going good till that statement. Say, so, ah, what? You show me scriptures on that. Well, okay. John 1.29, the next day he, John the Baptist, saw Jesus. And I love what he said. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Hebrews 9, 14 says, How much more surely shall the blood of Christ that was shed for us, Jesus died for us, He shed, our, shed His blood for us, because without the shedding of blood, there would be no remission of sin. And the only, only reason why there can be is because Jesus, the Son of God, became a man. 
He put aside his divine privileges and he received the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon him to walk with him and to give a model and a plan for us to walk the same way. Why could he do that? Because he never sinned so he could die for ours. Thank God how much surely shall the blood of Christ, who by virtue of his eternal spirit, his own preexistent divine personality, has offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice to God. Hebrews also says a little bit earlier in, in I think it's the fourth chapter, that says, Jesus was tempted in all points just like we are and were, yet without sin. Yeah, wrong thoughts came to him, but he cast them down. Just because you're tempted doesn't mean you're bad and you're wrong. Temptation's not sin. What you do with temptation will determine what, which way you'll go and what you'll walk in. He offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice to God, and he said the shedding of his blood purifies our consciences from any dead works we've had in our life, any wrongdoing, anything that's not of God. And he said, to serve the living God. Hebrews 9.22 says, in fact, under the law, almost everything is purified by means of the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's neither release from sin and its guilt, nor the remission of, uh, remission of the due and merited punishment for sins. Oh, man, I love Jesus. I'm so thankful for what Jesus has done for my life. Hebrews 10, 17 says, And their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more, no longer holding their sins against them. One of the acts of the enemy is to send lies to you about your past that you've already gotten forgiveness from and, and, and you already, God already doesn't remember it as far as the east is from the west. He removes our transgressions from us. It's been a little bit humorous over the years about Harvest Church. Some, sometimes we, um, we grew up here. Well, starting when I was just turning 15. But anyway, um, so there'll be a person from high school coming come here a time or two. And they're like, wow, he's changed. Or, wow, what's he doing up there? Because <laughs> I'm cleansed. Because I have no past. Because God has forgiven me. Not that I won't make a mistake or stumble a little bit in the future. But, you know, I'm not... When you walk with God, mainly your sins become if you walked out of faith and you don't believe you have received it and stunned. The Word tells us anything that's not of faith is sin. Whoa, we better study faith. And then either that or we walk out of the love of God. That's why when our heart hurts us, when we've missed it, get right with God so your conscience can be cleansed can be washed. So Jesus offered himself once, not just for the forgiveness of our sins, but for the total blotting out away or remission of sins. He made remission of sins 
possible. So those of us who have received the Lord have become a whole new creation. Jesus went to hell for us, and he, raised, he was raised on the third day, so we don't have to go to that place called hell because he took the penalty and punishment. Hell was never intended for any human being. Hell was created for the fallen angels of heaven, that a third of the angels followed Lucifer, and that's who hell was intended for. Jesus made a way for everyone to go to heaven. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man can come to the Father except through Jesus. If you're trying to get into heaven any other way but through Jesus, you're missing it. And your eternity depends on you turning to God. He's drawing you. I know this one thing. In John chapter 4, the word says no one can come to Jesus except the Father draw them. Every time we come into a place like this, man, it would be great for you to invite your unsaved loved ones or unsaved friends or, you know, and, and I'll try to behave. No, when people get into the presence of God, you know, all their stuff doesn't matter. When they experience the presence of God, man, they, they're like, man, that's what I've been missing. That's a hole in my soul that I, I can't fill it with anything but God. Let me get just another part here done. I don't like this alarm system on my watch, but it sure, it tells me what I need to do. How many are okay out there? Everybody okay? All right. When, uh, when we're born again, we become a new creation, then God placed his character on the inside of us. God placed the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of our spirit, and then we develop it by feeding on the Word of God, acting on the Word of God, assembling and, and learning how to operate uh, in a whole new different way, and a whole new different way of living. We can take this this uh, character and, not, and go into the job place and not say a word, but all of a sudden people begin to see that when there was gossip and you used to be a part of that, you're like, mm, I don't want that. I, I'm going to walk away from that. God's not in that. That could snag me into a place that could be very unhealthy for me. How about family feuds? Oh, none of you have any family feuds. No, <laughs> your whole family's perfect. No, when there's family feuds, you know what? You don't have to yield to strife, division. I don't do drama. But you can just ease your way out of that situation, move on. You could try to help people in your family. Most of the time, you're not the one to minister to them. Did you know that? Because they, they see you as Joey. What can Joey do? Joey can do nothing without the help of God. I do believe over time that your family should see such a change in, in, in your life that they, how many, hmm, they'll call you in their trouble. Right? As a last resort. Well, I guess I'll call Joey. I've tried everything else. Maybe Joey can get a prayer answer.
God's got perfect labors for all of us. There's sometimes I've tried to do things uh, with friends or, or, you know, family even sometimes, but they just chose to go in a wrong direction. I can't go there. Not going to go there. Galatians 5, 19 through 23 begins to describe the practices or the fruit of the flesh. Your body is not new like your spirit is. Your body is the same body that you have had before you received Jesus as Savior. You're going to receive a new glorified physical body when Jesus returns. But up until now, we, we still have to walk in the Spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because here's, here's how you know if you're missing God and walking in your flesh. It's clear. It's obvious. You're immoral. Impurity. Indecency. Idolatry. You know, there's some mothers and fathers that put their kids above God. I don't know how you're going to do it, but make sure you're setting a consistent standard before your kids about God and his involvement in your life and your relationship with the church. It's needed. There's something very, very special about kids that are raised up in church. Even when they try to go do a wrong lifestyle, they've got so much word chasing after them. They've got prayers chasing after them. And, and they, the word says, raise up your children in the way that they should go when they get old. So if you're believing for your kids, they are coming back. I said, they are coming back. God's working on them. But know this, when God works on people, it begins to irritate them. So sometimes they start acting worse before they get better. And they don't even want to hear from you. They don't want to be around you. But God, here's some more of the fruit of the flesh, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy. God is in none of that. He doesn't have, he doesn't have any of this stuff to give you. But the devil is all in that. Temptation. An ill temper. You ever just feel like saying, but it wasn't the right time. What in the heck is ailing you? No, that's not the time or the place a lot of times. How about selfishness? Divisions, dissensions. Don't get caught up in someone thinking there's something and drawing people away from the right thing. We pray over you guys all the time, and we tear away blinders and, and anything that would try to deceive don't be a part of that strife or division. Run from it. Or a party spirit. Factions. Say that next word, please. Isn't that hard? Is it hard to say that? It's just hard to say that. Because when I say it, it sounds like sex. So I'm trying to sack it. Okay? So anyway, I tried. And uh, I bet you couldn't say it fast three times the properly appropriate way. Okay, thank you. I always like to skip over that one or read it real fast. That's a technique, you know. All right, where am I? 
Um, there it is. Oh, with peculiar opinions, heresies, envy, drunkenness, carousing, the like, I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. When you do these things, you fall out. If you're saved, you you fall out of right standing with God. You have no peace, and you lost your joy, and your conscience is bothering you. Why did God have so many people be prayed over today? Because that was in the way of them from hearing from God. But can you look at the fruit of the Spirit? This is what we're supposed to be. This is what I'm, okay, this is what you're doing in the name of Jesus. I say this by faith to all of us. But the fruit of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit that works, God works within us, the part that was born again accomplishes, y'all want to read it with me, is what? Love, joy, gladness. What are we working on? But if I can only have peace, you have peace. It's on the inside of your spirit. We have to develop it. Jesus already said, behold, I, I bequeath my, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, but the peace that passes all understanding in situations where you're standing in the kingdom, right with God, in the peace of God, in the joy of God, expecting him to do what his word says. Fruit of the Spirit, we're going to try it again. It's love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, patience, patience. You know, the Word says through faith and patience. That's when something seems to be taking way too long. But here's faith. (laughs) Faith says it's done now. So why are you worrying about the time frame? Because when we believe we received when we prayed, then we expect God to bring it to pass. Right? Your body might not feel better right now, but the healing power of God is working mightily in your body, working a cure. Your marriage might not look like it's turning around yet, but just keep standing in faith. God's working on the particular people. Your job realm, whatever. Patience and even temper, forbearance. I'm going too fast. Patience. An even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control. Who are you supposed to control? What are you supposed to say? Good things because you control your tongue with the help of the Holy Spirit. I just got to get peace in my mind. Uh, There's certain rights that you forfeit when you come into Christ. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are truthful, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things because what you think on will get in your heart and you'll say it right out of your mouth. And your tongue is the rudder of your life, whether you like it or not. Your words have you in, in the situation you're in right now. Because your words form our world. James 3, remember, words are like a rudder. You want better days ahead? Learn this word and apply this word. 
self-control. <laughs> Self-restraint, continence against such there is no law that can bring a charge. We can walk in the flesh or we can walk in the spirit. How, how, how can I walk in the spirit? It's what you do with your mind. If you're not renewing your mind on the word of God, then your mind, which is unrenewed, will side up with your, your flesh and that's what you'll do. But if you build up your spirit, if you, if you renew your mind on the Word of God, and you're renewed in the spirit of your mind, your mind can be connected with your spirit, and we can walk in the spirit and not the flesh. Joyce Meyer said, all the fruit of the spirit issue out of love but they are kept in place by self-control. Oh, but I just have an Irish temper. Stop saying that. You have self-control. You don't have to say what you just wanted to say. You can walk away. You might have to scream in the bathroom, but you can walk away. God's working on our patience, too. Patience is like Self-control helping us to idle our motor when we feel like stripping a gear. Bill Gothard said that. Matthew 26, 41. We'll just finish here and pick up here next week. Matthew 26, 41 says, Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Because the spirit is willing, because that's the part that's born again. But the flesh or the body is weak. That's why our daily job, Kenneth E. Hagan, who had and has a monumental effect on my life and our family, this church, and he tried to get this final, uh, final statement I want to make. He tried to get it into the church. He said, the biggest and greatest need in the body of Christ is for people to simply remind, renew their mind on the Word of God. When you don't renew your mind on the Word of God, have a daily reading plan. Have a daily devotional. Go to seefaith.com. Pull up the devotion. Go down there and get faith food. Get healing food. And read those two things every day if you don't have a plan. That's what I do every day. As Dad Hagen said, when he was coming up, a minister said, no matter what you're studying, always study faith and healing because if you don't need it for you or your family, you are going to need it for someone else. Stand with me. Come on. <laughs> That's one of the things I do. I, I, I listen to the Word of God. My wife and I, every day, we, we listen to a chapter plus. And sometimes I just, it's really neat. In the U version, you can actually go to the actual book you want to read for the day, like we listened to Philippians this morning because I knew it was going to be, you know, talking about some things along this line. And so, folks, how many want to win? All of our youth, you want to continue to win? Renew your mind in the Word of God. Then act on the Word of God. And of course, be connected to the right leadership in your life. Have good friends that are going in a positive direction. 
begin to serve somewhere in the ministry. You can volunteer. Even once a month would help. We uh, have so many kids, we're needing to open up our 9 o'clock service, but I'll not let them open that up until we have the right amount of service, uh, people to serve, because I don't want to wear out our staff. All right. Well, God is good. Father, we thank you for what has happened here this morning. Would, would you mind just praising God for, for, for what God did in my life and your life and our life and for all those looking in on, online? We just apply all the things that we've ministered today to you. We call you free from guilt. We call you free. We call you in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. They are forgiven of all their sins. They're back in right standing with you, and they have their peace restored, and they have that joy back, and their conscience has been cleansed, and, and, and they can just relax and walk forward because they're in right standing with you. If there's anybody in this place today, as we bow our head and close our eyes, that you're not sure that if you die, you'd go to heaven, number one. And number two, if, if you're, some of you actually know you wouldn't go to heaven because you haven't received Jesus yet. He's the only way. Come on, don't let the world twist that. He's the only way. Or if you're concerned about whether you're saved or not. I'm getting ready to pray a prayer of salvation. If you would like to be a part of that prayer, I want you to raise up your hand right now real quick so I can see it. To the right over here. It's okay. You can, there you go. If you're concerned about it, you won't be concerned after today. So whether you raised your hand or wanted to raise your hand, we are all going to repeat this prayer after me. Everybody? Let's pray this. Say, God, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for all of my sin. Because he didn't sin, he could die for all of mine. Thank you, Jesus. And on the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead. And Jesus, I'm here to confess that you are alive I need you in my life. I repent for all of my wrongdoing. Thank you for washing that today. I receive you. I ask you to be my Savior. I receive you as my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for remitting my sins. Thank you for bringing me into the family of God. And my last breath on earth will become my first breath in heaven. Thank you for it. Jesus' name.